Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody. Hello. Look at us. Hello. Look at us. <laughs> On the other side of what we thought would be the last hurdle of the season, but no. No. Uh, instead no, no, of no. seeing red, we are now seeing evil. We've officially entered Dark Willow Zone. Dark Willow Zone. Fuck yeah. And to commemorate this momentous occasion, we've gone ahead. And run up a fresh printing of an old fave, the Diana Kresge designed Bored Meow Tea. That's right. Uh, We've got it up in blue tie-dye in the U.S. store and deep maroon heather in the U.K. store. And it's only going to be up through the end of October. You know you want a kitten on your shirt saying Bored Meow? Come on. What kind of person wouldn't want such a thing? So Frank, yeah. mostly Frank. Frank mostly would not Frank. like yes, that. The Frank is Frank, Frank is very upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know how to find the store, right? BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on shop, head on over there. Also, uh, I didn't even put this in the notes, but you're going to hear uh, Bess Rogers at the end of today's episode. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Dark Willow, she's back. She's going to sing your face off. So I hope you're fucking ready for it. Uh, Thank you, as always, to our amazing, perfectly selected voice of Willow Rosenberg, Bess Rogers. Uh, And... Hey, I have a, a, we have a bonus episode in the Patreon feed again. We just can't stop. We cannot be stopped. Um, so... <laughs> too bonus, too furious, too fast, too bonious. Well, <laughs> so Peggy Lee is the jewelry, one of the jewelry designers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show you may have heard of. So many of her pieces have been featured and shown on episodes spanning the seasons of this show. And I sat down and I had a conversation with her about how this even happened happened and it's it's really like an incredible story for people who are out there you know hustling and trying to get their things in places that will help this is what happened to peggy she just sent her i'm gonna let you listen to the interview but uh she's incredible and as a part of this bonus episode i asked her if there was any place that she would like to have people donate to support uh and she said that she was going to donate three pairs of earrings to three people that will be selected you kind of know the drill here uh for donating to the american civil liberties union aclu i'm sure that you've heard of it. They're a massive organization. They do incredible work. So listen, the earrings that Peggy is going to be sending to three of you who donate any amount to the ACLU are the Mother of Pearl mini moon earrings, which is the design that Tara wore last episode. They're really, really cool. Oh my God. I think I just heard the combined shrieks of Thousands upon <laughs> thousands of lesbians. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I witches mean, alike. I, I I literally picked them. I was like, Peggy, this these are the ones. 
these are the ones you have these because these are the ones. So, um, you know, she's still making that design and many others. So you should go check out her site. She has a whole page dedicated to the jewelry that you've seen on Buffy that she still makes today. So bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash ACLU. That's how you tell us if you've donated. We'll give you, uh, let's call it two weeks to get your donations into ACLU. And then Peggy will pick three of you and send out those mini moon earrings. Also, this giveaway is open only to U.S. residents. That is because of shipping, which just continues to get harder and harder to do outside of the U.S. <laughs> so sorry if you're international, but you can still, I believe, purchase a pair if, if, if you're into it. And you can still donate to the ACLU. <laughs> now, hey, listen, yeah, there's a thing that I have to tell you, which is that we had planned to do a live show in Philly this October to mark our season seven premiere, but we have made the incredibly difficult decision to hold off on doing a large live event for the safety of all of you and also the surrounding communities. So you didn't explicitly know what it was, but we're <laughs> so sorry uh, to be soft canceling it, uh, that which was never announced, but we w- will we make it up to you? Yes. yes, we are so sorry that we can't hold you all in our arms. But um, yeah, like Jenny said, we're trying to be as responsible as we can. And in the meantime, we're going to try to find some more ways to be digitally close yes. to you all. Yes, exactly. Precisely. So stay tuned. Mm. Uh, little heads up here. You know that we have a calendar that we run specifically for uh, anti-racism based events and just events that promote and celebrate voices of color. So uh, just in a couple of days uh, of an event that's been up there for a while is uh, Jubilee, a black feminist homecoming. That's on the 28th of August uh, and it's free. It's a virtual gathering. It's going to have so many performers, liberators, etc. You can check it out. You can find it on our calendar on our website and uh, link to it. And also just a, a heads up that another featured event also in the show notes today uh, is one on September 23rd. So bookmark your calendars. It's called Reimagining Safety, and it's a conversation uh, about reimagining communal safety and reclaiming healthy and safe communities without police. So check those things out. Show notes have more links. Bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just keep fighting has more. And um, Jenny, important news from your end of things, uh, Mm. if I I do say so myself. I have an announcement, which is, of course, the Sexual Attention Awards winner from the last episode. You all know, if you've been listening, who it is, because there was only one nomination. Um, I've taken the liberty of composing a small song to honor Fish Girl Forever. (laughs) Fish Girl Forever. Fish Girl Forever. Giving up never. (laughs) It's Fish Girl Forever. It's a long, hard swim upstream. Trying to dream a little dream of mating. Wow. What do you think? literally was like scribbling down in a notebook while I was talking. And I was like, what is she doing? That's what she was doing. That's right. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's what Uh, I was doing. Congrats to Fish Girl. Congrats to Fish Girl. uh, Really has my respect forever. Forever. Um, So Mm -hmm. last but certainly not least, Jenny, I I have an email to read. I usually read one uh, in the intro. And this one is very special. It came 
sort of uh, as a result of the Unbury Your Gaze episode that we did in conjunction with Seeing Red. And it's not even an email to us. I mean, it was sent to us, but it was actually a post on the Facebook group page. And I'm going to keep it anonymous, but I just think it's really special. So uh, this listener says... I first came out to just a few of my closest friends in the fall of 2019, and I don't think I would have ever been able to get to the level of self-acceptance needed to do that if it wasn't for the buffering Facebook group. It was the first place I felt it could be openly out on the internet and feel safe and free of judgment and just be met with support. Since I was a wee babe when Buffy was originally on, I had no idea that spaces and communities like the kitten board even existed. Don't get me wrong, I was aware of how big of a deal Tara and Willow were for the gay community, but I didn't really live it the way queer people at the time did. Hearing Emma and Jen talk 20 years later about the impact of spaces like the kitten board, all it could make me think was that this group and the community I found in Buffering, y'all are my kitten board. Just remember that this person is talking to the whole Facebook group, right? This is not just to me and Jenny. This is the online space where I found the acceptance and kindness to embrace myself and my sexuality. And it was so special to me to listen to queer people 20 years older than me talk about similar places they found that when they were closer to my age. Ultimately, I'm just so thankful. Thankful for the space, for the show, and especially thankful for the queer people that came before me that fought so I and we can have these spaces and this community. You've all saved my world a lot. You got something? And I keep telling you, the goggles. Why don't you have the goggles, Jenny? Bam. Anyway. I was simply chopping an onion while you read. <laughs> First, you're writing that? a song while I'm talking. Now you're chopping an onion while I'm talking. Love to multitask. Yeah, it's just really special. And I know, you know, seeing yeah. Red is a hard episode for many reasons. So just just uh, spotlighting all of these beautiful things that have come out of this episode. I mean, really, you know, like the comedy. That's it. Got to give, got to give the good a space here too. So, um, just thank you for sharing that with us, and you know, just thank you to all of you for sharing yourselves with each other. It's great. Just forget it. We gotta go. We're gonna go yes. talk about Dark Willow, who can make no us way. forget about all of our emotions. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with those no good, (laughs) dirty, rotten, low down angel on toppers. Unbelievable. How dare they? I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Wow. I am delighted by the resurgence of the feud, Kristen Russo. And hey, this week we are we've we've done it. We've gotten past season six, episode 19. We are hooray. now hooray for us. We are now at season six, episode 20. It's called Villains. Who is a villain? Who isn't? We'll discuss. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny recapping the Buffy episode that we are discussing. Sure do hope that we have some viewpoints from one dark willow at the end of this week's episode, Jenny. I sure do hope. Seems likely. 
Now, Villains was written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Solomon and originally aired on May 14th, 2002. Hey, this is the one where Warren loses all of his skin. Uh, not the description. This is the one where Buffy tries to recover from an assassination attempt. Jonathan and Andrew share a jail cell and Warren seeks allies at a demon bar while Anya is confronted by a distraught Willow. This is the one where Dark Willow is born. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Dark Willow. <laughs> Uh, so great to have Dark Willow here with us. You know, it is. It is. I have a lot to say. That's why we have a podcast uh, together. Indeed. Because we both have a lot to say. But um, just, I just want to come out hot and say I, I fucking love Dark Willow, okay? I love Dark Willow. So there you uh, have it. It's fun to have fun. It's fun to have fun. It's also fun, like, when you think about marty Noxon writing this episode you know like you get the double layer of dark willow and all the things she says and the way she says them to warren uh and you know that behind that character with the pen is marty Noxon. Mm. you know it's just nice is all i'm saying um it's, yes. it's like a little bit of smashing this thing it begins with a p it rhymes with like snakes and malarkey that is a stretch snakes and malarkey with patriarchy are you kidding me i don't get credit for that on the the fly you can suck it jenny yeah okay well 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 previously on buffy the vampire slayer no thank you Previously on Buffy the Let's Vampire just... Slayer, no thank you. We had to live through all this shit once already. Just, we get it, okay? Everything's They're like, hey, rough. remember the, all that really, really, really bad stuff that you were so happy was over and in your rearview mirror? Let, let me just remind let me just you remind, of that yeah, let me just at every turn. You. No thank you. Uh, do, 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 do. Hey, you know who's so proud is whoever got the ambulance, the real ambulance to drive on this set because they spend like 12 minutes just on it pulling up to the front of the house. Wee-oo, <laughs> I don't, ambulances don't make that one, do they? They just go, ooh, like, <laughs> like when, a scary ghost. Whenever you, you go like higher than a certain pitch, Zoom just cuts you off for me so like i got like half right. of that siren and then not the rest but um let your brain fill in the rest it did and this is a beautiful this is a great shot okay so i uh, new to my brain over the last like year or two is just like really recognizing when a camera does not stop filming it's something that i just wasn't really aware of uh, before I was talking about a television show for this long. And this is one of those times. I mean, this shot starts on the ambulance. It follows around to the back of the ambulance. We see them get everything out of it. Then we follow the EMTs through the gate as like Xander, I think, is like, it's like a whole thing. And it lasts for quite some time. So shout out to the camera dudes. They're doing great. They're doing great. Uh, Shout out to some other dudes. Kristen now has a crush what the on hell? an EMT. Wow. I can't even I can't even say anything off air without you just jumping my particular That's right. gun. Yep. Yes, I yep. do. I have a fucking crush on mustache EMT in his little onesie. I like him. OK, so if you want to tell him, do that, you, have a crush are on you, him. 
do EMTs wear coveralls? This one does. I know, and the and the guy who picks Tara up later also does, but I'm like Well, we have EMTs um, who listen to this podcast, so We us- do. I'm just a cursory Googling. There are some coveralls, but it's mostly like matching pants and shirts. Right. That's that what I'm I would seeing. expect. Whether or not it's a common occurrence for an EMT to be in coveralls, I Kristen Russo am into it. Between the mustache, yeah, mustache and the- is wearing that set he's of coveralls. Just cute. I, I, he's just cute. Okay. I'm gonna. He's we're gonna cute. both take what we can uh, when it comes to enjoyment in these episodes. Hmm. Uh, speaking of which, why don't we fucking cut to upstairs where Willow is crying over the dead body of Tara. She calls back Osiris, and Osiris is essentially like, bitch, come on now. Uh, We remember Osiris, our pal Osiris, who came into play at the beginning of the season. Osiris is like, you did not even kill a cute little doe idea, so I don't know what you're expecting from me, witch. Yeah, I like that Willow is at a place now where she just can cut out the middleman. Uh, She doesn't need to kill a deer. She doesn't need to do a ritual. All that she needs to do is scream. (laughs) Uh, And Osiris shows up and tells her that she is SOL because this human life was taken by human means, part of the natural order of things. So there's nothing Osiris can or will do. Willow screams a big a no that is so powerful that it has that it creates big sound rings mm-hmm. that uh waft blow fly into Osiris's face and he's all like Rah! yeah and then he she her second god that Willow has harmed the first of course being glory not not bad you know powerful she's powerful before she weaponizes her scream of grief at Osiris she also says to him when he says these are the laws of natural passing how how is this natural and I just want to note it because there's a lot of conversation in this episode around gun violence and like the unnaturalness of it you know like they're they're just in these like tiny moments but Later, we'll hear from Warren, who's like, tried all this magic. You know what was best? A gun. And and they, like they really they put a focus on this particular gun that I kind of wish was on previous guns in this universe because it is so distinctly outside of it. And I just think it's a really poignant moment when Willow looks at the god Osiris and is like, how are you telling me that this fucking gun shooting my girlfriend is a natural death? There's a lot in there, my personal opinion. I don't want to accidentally imply an allegiance to our nemesis, but I'm like, why put all this focus on an inanimate gun when we could be putting all of our focus <laughs> onto Charles' gun where onto, it belongs? Yes. Add that second end and then we're all signed up. Mm. We are literally all signed up. What a difference one little consonant makes. (laughs) A big difference. Not to mention if you put that particular gun in a tux. Mm -hmm. So Willow just leaves the building, just just straight walks out, covered in blood, leaves Tara upstairs, 
Xander, <laughs> this is not funny. Like, none of this is funny, but I find certain things funny, okay? And the way that, like, Xander and Buffy interact with Willow through this entire episode, like, they're just like, what's it's happening? Good. <laughs> what is? It's good. How did? And this is, like, kind of where it begins. I mean, Willow hasn't become Dark Willow quite yet, but she walks out covered in blood and Xander's like, uh, bud? Uh, what? And she's like, oh, cool, Warren. She she gets the information she needs. That's why this scene is here. Warren did this. Yeah, she is uh, chilly. She is mission-oriented. She is... I love that they just happen to intersect at the front of the house. Willow's walk <laughs> beginning here and getting more and more yeah. pronounced through the rest of the episode calls to my particular mind uh, the show Gentleman Jack. Willow, like, seriously channeling some Ann Lister strides here, like calling on lesbians of yesteryear to just inform this powerful walk, and I'm here for it. So off she goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's off, and we're off. To the local Sunnydale holding cell. You know, I don't mean to give Andrew any credit because really these boys in general deserve very little. But I will say that Andrew putting fucking tiny sheltered white boy Jonathan a little bit in his place is something I enjoy. He's like... This is basically Mayberry. That dude that you're like afraid of right now is in here for a fucking parking ticket. Get get actually over yourself. Um, so I do appreciate that. It's interesting that Andrew is presenting that way because I feel like everything that we've seen up to this point of Andrew would make it would make me think that he would be acting the exact same way as Jonathan. Totally. T- totally. I, I'm not even sure that it's in character for him. Uh, though he does, I mean, he has been becoming a little bit more comfortable perhaps with his sexuality. So like maybe he just felt a little more emboldened to be like, don't flatter yourself, Jonathan, when Jonathan assumes that this guy who's in there for a parking ticket is going to want to make him quote his butt monkey. Okay, everyone. Uh, quote I enjoy in this scene that I must point out is the banter around Matthew Broderick. <laughs> This is, this is really kind of like a, a moment for Matthew Broderick, right? We're like early, early aughts. And uh, they have this exchange where Andrew's like, I really miss uh, Ferris Matthew, like Broadway Matthew. I feel he's like really cold right now. Mm. It's good. It's cute. It's fun. Yes. Uh, but back to the bones of it, Jonathan redirects and is like, hey, uh, you guys are going to um, abandon me. <laughs> and leave me to take the fall. Uh, you had jetpacks and I did not. And Andrew makes a very Andrew attempt to save it by saying he was going to carry Jonathan. And that is funny. Andrew's like, when you saw only one jetpack streak in the sky. Yes, <laughs> it was then was that I carried you. I carried you. <laughs> Correct. Oh, thank you. So we okay. go to the demon bar, not Willie's. Another demon bar. Some other demon bar. This is one of my favorite, good. <laughs> like, incidental world buildy things. This vampire mm-hmm. is watching an alligator <laughs> or perhaps a crocodile 
eat the shit out of something. And when Warren tries to talk to him, he says, I'm watching my program, which I love. I do, too. I like took a specific note being like, this is so great. This is like because we talk so often like about how the vampires, once they're vampires, just know how to fight, just like instinctually know how to fight. And like, don't they need any training? They can just suddenly do backflips, etc. And this is mm-hmm. kind of like not a full answer, but I do love the idea of vampires studying nature programs to watch predators in nature uh, to help inform them as predators. It's great. It's good. It's good. Uh, Warren wants to buy around for the house. He's really feeling himself. He really is. And Warren starts talking to the demons in this bar about how he killed the Slayer. And uh, this begins... Unfortunately, it only happens twice. I feel like it should happen three times for the rule of comedy, (laughs) but... Uh, we get the first instance of Warren saying, I've been heading an organization, the trio. You've heard of us. Nobody's heard of the trio, my dude. You're a bunch of little boys. <laughs> Literally no one gives a fuck about you in any way, shape, or form, except for the fact that, LOL, you didn't kill the Slayer, you stupid ding dong, which is basically what the vampire next to him says. He's like, I, he's like, I was going to eat you myself, but now that I know the Slayer is going to come and get you, that's like way more fun. Also, he was going to eat him during the commercial. <laughs> Uh, Kids, commercials are a thing that you used to have to watch um, no matter what. You couldn't subscribe to something in order uh to avoid commercials. Uh, They would just happen at regular intervals throughout your show, and you would have to time out when you would pee, when you would go get a (laughs) snack. You would have to hold it until the commercial, and then you would have to go, 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 go. I would like to give a special shout-out to Adam Bush for the fucking laugh in this scene. He... Does it has to be one of my favorite maniacal evil laughs? He just really, really does a good job. Uh, so credit where credit is due, Adam. I tip my hat to you, sir. Oh shit! Pop, pop, pop! Went the fucking light bulb. Oh my god! I have so many things to say <laughs> about this. First of all, Willow swoops in. She fucking darkens the doorway of the magic box. Shit's exploding. And then she says to Anya, where do you keep the black arts books? Here's the thing about that. <laughs> Willow knows where she, where the black <laughs> arts books are. She simply does. Even though, yes, she's in like recovery. Like we all, everybody watching this show knows that the black arts books are on the upper they're upstairs level they're, <laughs> they're on the upstairs. mezzanine they're, we all know uh willow needs power and so what she does is she invites all of the black arts books to fly down into a heap on the table and then she digs her little fingers into them and slurps up all the dark magic out of the pages and directly into her body eyes, hair, and vocal cords. It is? And then says, that's better. It's good. I don't know. I don't know if I'm completely on board with the that's better, but everything else is hot. This is great, in my opinion, 
fantastic Aww. effect. Fantastic effects. The fucking words running up her arms. The, if we can finally share your Halloween costumes as Dark Willow on our social media platforms. <laughs> uh, the moment is here. It has arrived. Dark Willow is here. I'm fucking so, so, so into it. And, um... Jenny, we have, we have, we've sort of had this jingle, but really this is the moment we've been waiting for <gasps> to release it in jingle form. Uh, as one of my nemesis says to me, I say now to myself, hit it, bitch. <laughs> you messed with the wrong witch. Wow. The voice of one Bess Rogers singing Willow. Uh, and of course, of course, come on. Of course, we have Bess returning to sing Willow and villains. We would be simply foolish if we did not. Oh, yeah. Um, Kristen. Yes. Have you had an opportunity to check out Limp Biscuits set at Lollapalooza? <laughs> You know, Jenny, I, I haven't. Uh, well, I really have let not. me, I guess, be the first to inform you that it absolutely rips. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm thinking of it now is because do you remember what the guitarist of Limp Bizkit looks like? Not really. OK. You know what Fred Durst looks like, right? I do. He's got a white T-shirt on and he's got a backwards red ball cap and some jeans. Mm -hmm. And he's all like, it's just one of those days. <laughs> and then... Somehow, inexplicably, the guitarist in Limp Bizkit looks like, kind of a lot of the time, he looks like Seth Green when he is halfway in between wolf and person. <laughs> wow. Uh, he has kind of like that spiked up hair. So there is hair. And okay, so. Sometimes there's fangs and there are full eye black contacts. Sometimes he uh, will just paint like his entire body one color sometimes he's wearing like heels sometimes he's wearing a long wig sometimes he uses this material i don't know what it is but it must go on wet and goopy and then dry that way he looks kind of like covered in like lava that only goes like halfway down his body anyway i guess i'm just thinking of of limp biscuit aside from the fact that they rocked me so hard because wow. west west borland has such a specific thing going on and uh, I'm just thinking about Wes Borland's little eyeballs and Allison Hannigan's little eyeballs and everyone just, you know, suffering for their art because those are un really uncomfortable from what I, I am, understand. Uh, I am now just looking at many photos. Of You're getting a look at Wes Borland, Wes right? Borland and, and they are they are being good to me, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's is... good. It's good shit. My and my favorite thing about Wes Borland is looking at him. Just right next to Fred Durst. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> these are the two, these are the two things you think of when you think of Limp Bizkit and how are they in the same wow. band together? I love it so much. Wow. You're, you were really, really spot on when you said uh, Seth Green halfway between, I mean, this one photo right here lo literally looks it, it, like it could be Seth Green halfway between 
vampire, I fucking know, vampire, right? Well, yeah, werewolf and and human, like kind of uh, bizarrely close. And you know, there's other costumes and things that he has that are different. But this one that you were referencing, I mean, it. I would if you showed me the picture quickly, I would think it was Seth Green. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wow. Well. Didn't expect to be doing a Limp biscuit deep dive, but here we are. And and worth, a worthy one, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, let's stop having fun uh, because... Yay, love stopping having fun. <laughs> we're going to go to the Summer's house. Uh, no. We're done. Simply no. And this is Is like, this the worst thing that ever happens? I mean, truly, I read something. I'm like paraphrasing it and also like jumbling it about because that's my way. But it was basically like, I think that probably Tara's death was way worse for Dawn than it was for Willow. You know, like it should have been Dark Dawn instead of Dark Willow because <laughs> are you kidding me with what this kid is fucking going through like I just can't I have no room in my heart for any of you anymore that that don't like Dawn I just can't I don't I'm, I can't make space for you I'm sorry I can't agree to disagree She's going on this through one. it she she is she has just been through so much shit I mean Buffy literally puts words to it later in the episode right she's like you've been through enough for like ever like like she's like there's not even a measure of time that could describe all of the shit that you've been through so Dawn comes up the stairs she has no idea what's going on. And this is not to go on too much of a tangent about this, but I was just thinking about how different television and movies are now that cell phones are so pervasive, you know, like everybody has a way to get like this entire episode just would not go this way today because Dawn would have known and like everybody would have been on each other's but they were texting, calling, whereas, you know, like things would have messages would have been happening in ways that they do not because Dawn doesn't have a cell phone. Uh, most of us didn't mm-hmm. have cell phones at this point in time, or if we did, we had just gotten one. Anyway, let's go to Rax. Let's go. Okay, to what Rax. a joy. We got to take the joys where we can get them Ugh. in this episode Ugh. and Jeff Cobras certainly is absolutely one. Tell me, tell me if Jeff Cobra has had a better episode than this one. I I could just like roll around in how deliciously disgusting he has rack in this episode it's just it's like just i don't know it like it it comes off the screen in a way that not a ton of actors have the capacity to do it is good little tiny child man warren is there in the waiting (laughs) room and (laughs) cover sorry rack we'll call him by his actual character name rack is like you're new (laughs) it's just like (laughs) dripping like every word is dripping and so warren goes into the fucking room with rack they're chatting and fucking warren's like the slayer's after me and you need to protect me and i have a lot of money and i'll pay you for this shit and without even because we get the actual exchange between them where you know rack is like dude you're worrying about the wrong thing and also you were pathetic but like he doesn't even need to say the lines like it's just so viscerally clear that Warren is a fucking tiny annoying ant on the bottom of Rack's shoe and the rest of the mystical magical universe's shoe (laughs) yeah but let's just hear my my favorite moment between the the best line delivery of the episode I think so yes killing a slayer that's big business for a kid I'm not a kid okay Uh, okay 
Okay, sure, man. Whatever you fucking say. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, Were you... (laughs) Rack Rack thinks perhaps that it was the trio a band. Were you a band or something? Yeah. Great question. Uh, Were you? Very reasonable. Uh, But yeah, Rack eventually tells Warren, you know, if I were you, I'd be worrying about the witch. Willow. The new power. She's going to blow this town apart starting with you. (sighs) Uh, he also says to Warren, someone is dead. So he actually says someone is stone cold because, you know, Warren's like, but I didn't even like I just I just attempted to kill her best friend. Why would she be so mad? (laughs) Uh, And, you know, Rack is like, yeah, no, there's somebody who's dead. And um, this girl is running on a pure fury. I've never felt anything like it. Mm-hmm. He also tells he also tells Warren that uh, Willow can sense Warren's essence right now. <laughs> uh, he also asks Warren when Warren hands him just this mountain wad of cash. Do you want the ability to hide or do you want the ability to fight? And <laughs> Warren's like, why not both? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> what I all of it. I don't know. I'm panicking. I am really um, trying to pretend like I'm strong and powerful, but I am not. Oh, but you know who is? Willow? Willow. Willow rolls up to the OR all like levitatus bulletus <laughs> and also... <laughs> Kristen, listen to me very closely. Okay. In between the magic box and the hospital, okay. Willow changed out of her like little white lacy shirt and into an all black ensemble mm-hmm. uh, to go with her new eyes and hair. You know what? Somebody, first of all, she probably just did one of those presto changos like she did in Tabula Rasa, I think it is, right? Where she's at the top mm. of the stairs and she's like, bloop. <laughs> she's wearing new clothes. Okay, yeah. But also, somebody pointed out to me that, and I can't remember the episode. I'm sorry that I didn't write this down, but the episode where Tara and Willow are broken up and they sort of have a happenstance meeting outside the magic box and they have like sort of a pleasant but awkward exchange, whatever that episode was. It was in this season. Willow, I think, is wearing this jacket. It's yes. it's not like affected. And, and please tell me if I'm incorrect. It's just I saw it and I looked at it and I was like, I think this person is right. Who's telling me this information? So I'm sharing it with you here a little bit irresponsibly. But hey, Google away. So, uh, yeah, but she is she's changed wardrobe. She looked down at her little white lacy top and said this shall this simply won't do for vibes Mm. i require something darker yeah and uh she tells all the medical employees of the hospital to leave now and they do because who's not gonna listen to dark willow uh but we we all will we all will obey whatever the fuck dark willow tells us to do yes so shall it be so, like you said, Jenny, levitatus bulletus here, she pulls, bloop, pull, bloops the bullet right out of Buffy's chest cavity. And this is one of those, like, at the top of the episode, I kind of mentioned that I feel like there's just commentary on not just, like, not just guns, but also just, like, um, 
the fragility of our human selves. Like, I love this. I think this is really great work by Alison Hannigan, too, where she sort of, she's bloops the bullet, like we said, and then it's floating, like, right in her vision line. And she just, like, ever yeah. so slightly cocks her head to the side and says... It's so small, you know, like it's Which so, is very sad. It really is. And she's kind of like like in that morning, like like morning with a U, morning with the diphthong, if you will. This tiny piece of metal could undo Tara, undo any living like right, like we are we are so and I think like not to get too fucking woo-woo about it all, but, like, I just think that that is why it feels so intrusive in a horrible way for a gun to ever be a part of this show. Because it's, like, magic is complex and breathing and, like, living in a way that, like, our human bodies are. Like, inexplicable, you know? Not that we don't understand, like, your heart beats and it pumps blood. But, like, for all the science and for all the understanding, there's still, like, a mystical element about the way that we as human beings stay alive and walking around. It's just bananas. And so the, like, horror that this tiny piece of metal can stop all of that can undo all of that is really um, yeah. atrocious and offensive and upsetting and you know and I think that's why like fuck a gun it fuck a gun in general really but like fuck a gun in this universe for sure yeah I don't like it <sighs> this is um, this is where their response to Willow also makes me laugh because like Buffy has just like been essentially resurrected for the third time in her life and her first thought is like well <laughs> What? You look funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Xander, so uh, responsive, so visibly, you know, relieved that Buffy's okay. He says this dying thing's funny once, maybe twice, mm -hmm. which is good. Uh, Willow is a cold fish. Yeah. She is removed. Willow, like uh, Matthew Broderick on Broadway, has become... I find her cold. More cold. Hospital Willow. <laughs> uh, and she says, it's time to find Warren. Yeah. Buffy sh sure seems okay, like, immediately. Yeah, and um, I read in some of the, like, show notes and things online that, according to the monitors in the hospital, this is a third temporary death. For Buffy, there is, oh. I know, which I thought, I mean, I didn't, again, please, doctors, oh nurses, God. EMTs, uh, please check check the facts on that. But uh, according to- This bitch loves to die. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that Faith is still around somewhere, you know, because if she wasn't, we'd have oh, so many slayers at this point. Or if Faith wasn't alive. Right. Oh, like does Buffy well, only then, get one death to bring us? That's yeah. That's what I'm wondering if if there's only one replacement Slayer available for each Slayer. Right. So Faith. So essentially, Faith has to die to bring an, our next Slayer because Buffy's already used up her tokens. I mean, maybe that's, while, that's my thinking. While we're here, a brief question to posit to our listening audience. Uh, I watched last night a movie that you should all see called The Lost Boys. It takes place in the 80s, and it just got me thinking, if Nikki Wood was the Slayer in the 70s and Buffy is the Slayer of the 90s, I would like to know who the fuck came, who was in between these two? Who's our 80s Slayer? Think on it. Talk, well, talk amongst yourselves. I mean, there's probably more than one 80s Slayer, more than one 70s Slayer. Well, you fine. Know, Buffy's Who, the longest surviving Slayer sure, in sure. a long of ever. I would just, I just would like some narratives. Uh, I would like some fanfic on the 1980s Slayers. Thank you. 
Yeah, there you you might be able to do better than fanfic. There might be something canonically in the comics or something, yeah. but I'm not. Well, that's why I'm asking. I'm I'm going to be right showered, I'm sure, in yes. information about the Slayers of the '80s. Um, <laughs> so we get a brief clip of Warren at the bus depot, just buying a ticket out of town. I just I I'm hard pressed to believe that Warren, who we will later see, has the ability to goo up Willow and send a fucking what do you call those things that Harry Potter uses to fly the flying dude a snitch a snitch. She's got like a fucking mechanical evil snitch. He's got all these fucking it's very weird. He's he's built himself a robot. Like here's I this is what I wanted to ask. Like why do you think Warren what devious purpose do you think Warren has for already having a Warren bot ready to go? <laughs> I'm envisioning some dark shit. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Is it so is it robot Warren who goes to buy the ticket in the first place or is it Warren Warren and then he puts the robot on the thing? I guess it's just robot Warren the whole time. It could be Warren Robot the whole time, but we don't see Warren Robot later behave in, like, the very, like, manic, terrified way that ticket-buying Warren is behaving. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So, I don't know. I have some questions about what you knew. You know what it really comes down to, I think, is that Rack was like, do you want to hide or fight? And Warren was like, all of it! And that is the problem with um, the patriarchy and a lot of men is that, like, just just go away, man. You just should have... If you had just... He should have... Yeah, he should have flown somewhere. Right? A. Used all the power that he got from Rack, all the things, instead of making a flying thing and a fucking goo thing and a robot and a fucking... You just go away, man. Just go away. And you might have fucking survived, but you had to fucking make a whole production out of it. Well, this is what you get. Motherfucker. Mm. Okay. Has Xander always okay. had this purple car? Is this a new car? This is the only time we have and I think will ever see this car. I love it. I think. I love it. I, I love it. I would like a car that is this purple. It is intense. Uh, They're driving. Uh, They're driving collaboratively because <laughs> Xander is in the driver's seat and Willow is doing things like pressing down the accelerator from magically from the back seat. I actually like Xander's response to this because he's like, you could have just drove. Nobody <laughs> nobody told <laughs> yeah. you you could not have driven. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buffy and Xander are trying for a lot of this episode to do like an on the move intervention. Uh, you know, and this is where it like starts to get explicit. You know, they're like, hey, whoa, hey, uh, you're using magic. That's not right. that's not good. Right. Willow that's says, good. if I wasn't doing magic, you'd be dead, which I was like, ooh, that's a loaded sentence because maybe the doctors would have saved her as one read, but the other read is if she didn't use magic at all, Buffy literally would still be dead. So Yeah, and Buffy would be like, uh, I'm in heaven. heaven Never had to make a musical episode. I'm in heaven. Um, But yeah, and they don't, I mean, uh, to to note it clearly, at this point when they're talking to Willow about like their concern over her using magic and like, why does your hair look like that? What are you wearing? What is happening? Uh, They don't know yet that Tara is dead. They're about to find out, but they don't know yet. Willow puppet masters the steering wheel. Uh, to cut through the little patch of desert. 
and they stop the car. She gets out. She strides out into. The, she does a lot of striding. I'm telling in this you, episode. she's listering all over this bitch. Mm, <laughs> striding out into the street. Here comes a bus. The uh, the driver obviously can't control it. So I'm guessing like Willow is standing in the road in front of the bus, making it so that the bus driver like can't stop. He's like ah, she's doing both things, and then finally the bus. Uh, does stop like inches away from her the door opens and she's like get out <laughs> I mean and, she, uh, she likes a little bit of the drama because really she just had yeah. to stop the bus yeah, so yeah, yeah. she didn't need to make the bus go fast first <laughs> no 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 uh, Warren very obediently exits the bus and then she smooshes his little robot neck and his eyeball pops out and rolls around on the ground uh oh yeah and she's pissed and she should be because I'm sorry as powerful as we know Dark Willow is like She's like, you tricked me. And I just feel like the at-home audience is like, but really? Like, I don't feel like Dark Willow could have been tricked by a robot. She could feel his essence. Rack put some of his essence in the robot. I guess. But I just... Listen. Listen. I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. I'm just saying that, like, I believe that Willow's power is so big that... If we were not here for the fun of watching Warren Robot's eye pop out, probably she would have known this was a fucking robot. No, 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 no. I think we also needed not just to see the fun eye pop, but we needed to see that she is extremely serious and and in a, you know, she's not, she has no hesitation. Uh, She's just like, I'm Uh, going to kill Warren. And everything that looks like him until I get to the real thing. Robot Warren is the red shirt for non- robot warren mm. a robot shirt if you will yeah yeah and uh so buffy and xander are like what next and willow's like we find warren and we kill him and they're like whoa 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 listen we understand that you're like feeling uh you know upset because he shot buffy but look she's fine and she's like listen the fuck to me mm-hmm. <laughs> because he also shot tara and Xander kind of like coarsely says she's dead. I don't know why it feels like just so out of like just so yeah. not the way people that feels speak belie- to each other. Believable to me uh, in this moment now that you said that because do you remember when so Jenny and I had a cat named Trey a million years ago and uh, Trey died. He he lived a long life. He lived fifteen years uh, and whatever. But do you remember when our friend called and was like, "How's Trey?" and I and I literally was like, "He's dead." Like I like d- I like didn't mean to deliver the information like that, but it was just a lot. And like, do you remember that? Yeah, you traumatized our friend. I did. I did. He was so upset. But like, I think it's just the reason that I believe it from Xander is because like in that moment, I didn't mean to be coarse. I just like didn't know how to convey information in a way that would make any sense. So I, I I'm here for it. Uh, I love. Uh, also rest in peace Trey you were a wonderful cat uh a good boy (laughs) good boy so number one cat (laughs) so I feel like I just want to note that this is also where Willow gets I mean she's been a bit robotic herself but like in this exchange like she says she's dead now he's dead too and they're like why didn't you say anything and she literally goes I'm busy (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah okay all right okay Okay. okay. Yeah, she's busy. And uh, Xander's like, hey, 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 you said it yourself. 
Magic's too strong. There's no coming back from it. And Willow's like, I'm not coming back, bitches. Yeah. Then she zaps them and skedaddles <laughs> off to more of her witchery. She does not need to knock them over, by the way. They are simply standing there watching her walk away. And she's like, <laughs> Like for no for no reason, which I also okay. enjoy. But he, yeah, it's good. But uh oh, uh oh, put the brakes on your having a good time. Because wait, wait, we're, wait. We're Be- back to- before oh, we oh. go up to this horrible scene upstairs uh, in the Summers house. I just want to say that, like in the exchange that Buffy and Xander and Willow are having, this first because they're gonna hit this point a lot. Buffy is like, if you do this, you let Warren destroy you too. And I I feel like it's really important because there's a lot of conversation and I know we'll go deeper into it once we get to it, but like there's a lot of conversation about what's okay to do and what's not okay to do. But it's really not so much Warren that anyone is concerned about the whole time. It's just Willow. It's just that they know that the reality is if Willow acts in this moment, she will need to carry that forever um and and that like I, and i just i just want to point it out because it's the first time it's said and it'll be said again yeah. but i think it's 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 valid you know like that is valid i am on team fucking dawn fucking get rid of this motherfucker sorry yeah uh he sucks anyway speaking of team dawn go ahead you can take us into the fucking belly of the beast it's simply terrible, Kristen, because Buffy and Xander come home to a darkened Summer's house and they find Dawn alone in the dark, sitting on the floor with Tara. She's been there for hours. And I meant to say earlier, when she first finds Tara, she sees Tara and then the screen fades, fades to, to white. white. And I'm, I don't think that we have ever seen that before in this show. I could be wrong but i know you're all typing your emails right now yeah i'm <laughs> telling me exactly I how think, wrong i, I am. think we may have got but also there was just a massive fade to white in the angel uh universe so i'm not sure if i'm com- conflating the two but um right, right yeah but it is it is very important to point out um and she says i didn't want to leave her alone yeah and buffy no thank you buffy like also this is really like a non-appropriate moment to say so but buffy's hair looks really good in this episode (laughs) what the fuck sorry (laughs) and she but she's like really doing a good job of dealing with the trauma of this moment i think you know she goes over to dawn she's holding dawn and she's saying very practical like this is exactly what i would do what i would hope that i would do in this scenario which is like give her give dawn a practical thing that she has to do she has to get up and go downstairs that is the first thing that needs to happen uh there are many other things that will need to happen but the first thing is like you need to stand up and we need to get you out of this room um and dawn is just like i don't understand and buffy is like yeah me the fuck either and then they both Dude. look at Marty Knoxon and they're like, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> Ma'am, why? Ma'am, Simply ma'am, why? Please. Ma'am, stop. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. 
Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the paramedics have arrived. Interesting how, I don't know, there aren't like a bunch of like police officers. They they specifically. Like, oh, they do say that they're coming back tomorrow with their tape. Yeah, and it's like they they put that there because they knew. They they were like, well, there would be cops here, right? This is a full murder scene. So they they sort of like shoo that away in that little line. But yeah, yeah, body bag. And like it's rough to see in general, of course. But like it's just it feels like it was just a couple days ago when there was a body bag leaving that house and it was Joyce. And since we went five seasons without ever seeing a body bag leave the summer's home, it is very overwhelming to me at least that we have seen now two in such what feels like close proximity to each other. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we have the Scooby gang is just getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> We're down to Xander, Dawn, and Buffy in the living room here. Yeah, and Dawn, mm, Dawn's like, I'd kill Warren myself if I could. And Xander's like, mm, it's starting to see your point right out of the mouths of babes and Buffy's like no 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 and I like I have a couple things I want to say about this exchange but the first one is like let's talk about the title of this episode right because the question is what makes a per and that's the question that like Dawn and Xander (laughs) finish the question (laughs) like the question is what makes a and and the whole thing with (laughs) it Well, just like Ma'am? what makes it okay to 
kill all these vampires. What makes a vampire a villain and not Warren? What, what, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the lines of these things are really blurry when we start to really look at them closely because Xander is right that, that Warren is worse than most of the vampires that Buffy has killed by a landslide, by a landslide. And her, her reasoning, of course, is that like, I mean, also fucking note to Buffy, she did try to literally murder her girlfriend, Faith, with a knife in her stomach. And Faith is a human being. So, well, that was okay because Faith poisoned her boyfriend. (laughs) But like, you know, this show. That's not part of the rules. (laughs) This show, it just, it grapples with humanity and what is there a bad and a good side of humanity and and characters like um like angel and angelus you know characters like faith care there are plenty of characters who like really blur the lines for us and and ask us to really consider like what restoration might look like what forgiveness might look like what growth might look like but i was thinking about the conversation that um alba had with jess clark for dead things where jess was like Yeah, so the reason that, like, educating the dudes in the trio about, you know, consent and all these things would not have any impact on Warren whatsoever, but Jonathan and Andrew might be the ones to step in and intervene. And it just really, like, just, like, rang a couple of bells in my head, and I feel like those are the bells that are ringing for me here, which is, like, I think Warren is irredeemable. He's not, he is an irredeemable character. And so where do we, and I'm really just asking this. I certainly don't think that what I'm saying is correct, but where do we draw the line around what is evil and what is good and what can, what has the capacity to grow and change and what will just continue to cause harm. I'm certainly not advocating for murder. Okay. Just making it clear. Don't think we should kill anybody. But I, I do think that in the context of this show, that's what's being asked. And I don't, I don't have the answer. I just feel like, yeah, Don, I agree. <laughs> kill this fucker. Yeah. I think this conversation gets more confusing to me in the next episode mm-hmm. about which I, obviously can't say anything right now yeah so and i yeah um, we're gonna obviously we'll talk about all of this more as we go through this it ain't over it ain't there are in fact two to go uh (laughs) so another exchange (laughs) that i just want to point out is when buffy's telling xander um the human world right and in answer to what we were just discussing the human world has its own rules for dealing with people like him xander astutely says We all know how well those rules work, which I think is a nice observation in the fact that uh, the systems of justice, if I'm like hard quotes around that uh, in this country are really fucked. Uh, And in Mm -hmm. one way of many, there are many ways that that the prison industrial complex and the fucking court, the American judicial uh, system, American judicial system, all of that shit is like just completely inside out. One of which is, you know, uh, Warren is a fucking white dude who's strolling about Sunnydale doing whatever the fuck he wants. And we've had plenty of conversations about this, and I'm sure we'll have plenty more. But if Warren was a black man uh, or a man of color, this would likely not go this way at all. So we haven't played it in a minute. Why don't we fucking hit that white supremacy jingle? See you next time.
Buffy makes a point that I think is kind of a good grounding rule for the universe. Yeah. Um, for the for the Buffy verse, I should say. She says, we can't control the universe. If we were supposed to, mm-hmm. then the magic wouldn't change Willow the way it does. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Now I've seen Tara do a bunch of magic and she's fine. Well, I think, but that's, I think Buffy's exact. Slippy. Well, but I think that's Buffy's point is like Tara has really only done magic that kind of are allegedly within the bounds of what Mm. she should be controlling and helping and what have you, you know? And like Willow is, is crossed a line of some kind. And I think Buffy's saying like, we can, we can visually see that line uh, here. (laughs) It came in, it came in a box Uh, with some plastic gloves and there was like black water running out down the sink. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We've all seen it. Uh, So, they're thinking about like, oh, like where would Willow be now? We gotta find her, la la la. Mm-hmm. But but also we have Dawn and she shouldn't be alone. So we don't want to leave her alone at the house. Dawn wants really bad to go with Buffy and Xander. They're like, no 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 no. So she's like, fine, I want to go to Spikes. And Buffy's like, okay. And then Xander <sighs> is like, what the? Yeah. And Buffy's like, can it? And, uh, you know, they have like a little side convo where he's like, after, you know, after what he did to you. And she's like, he won't hurt Don. He can't. And he wouldn't. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to the conversation that Alba and I had with uh, Jess Clark to bring him up a second time in this episode um, on seeing red, you should, because this is kind of what we were talking about. uh, This this Buffy drawing her own boundaries and that like. What Buffy is advocating for is that she knows that Spike has done something violent and horrific to her. And she has, I'm sure, parameters on what she would and would not allow with respect to Spike. But this is something that she is saying as the survivor of this experience. This is something I'm allowing. And Xander, I'm sorry, bud, but you do not get to draw those lines. Those are mine to draw. No, no, no. Um, and no, 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 no. So a lot more on that in the in the conversation that we have. Uh, for seeing red but yeah the one other thing and this is so tiny that maybe it's it's not even worth pointing out but xander has this line in this scene and it's just he says um i've just had blood on my hands all day from people i love and when i heard it today i was just like that's such an interesting choice of how to write that line because the phrase I have blood on my hands, like if you take out the back half, right. has a very d- distinct colloquial meaning. Is colloquial the word that I want? But like it 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 means like you are guilty too. And so I don't know that it's intentional. I don't I'm not gonna like have a big deep conversation about it, but it just really like kind of hit me. And I was like, I wonder if this because I've been we've been sort of playing around with some of the connections between Spike and the trio and Xander since the start of the season. So I just thought, well, that's an interesting choice. It is interesting. Yeah. I love when I say Uh, something that like I can tell Jenny is really actually intrigued by. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) So proud of myself right now. (laughs) I, I personally don't think that it is intentional, mm-hmm. but I do think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shall we go to Stevenson right. Hall? I think we have to. Um, have you noticed 
this beautiful rug Yo, in Tara's room. Tara, listen, Tara, we talked to Amber Benson and she was like, I think that if Tara was an adult now, she would be like an LGBTQ plus counselor and she would have a B&B. She would have a fucking B&B. And let me tell you who would book a room in that B&B. It would be me because she knows how to decorate a place. Her room is great. <laughs> B&B and me. <laughs> but yeah, Tara's dorm room. Oh. I mean, yeah. So, you know that thing where your lover has recently been slain mm-hmm. and you take your little shirt um, that is uh, besplattered with her, mm-hmm. her blood mm-hmm. and you do a little spell mm-hmm. that makes the blood turn into a map so that you can locate her killer in the woods nearby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm always seeing this trope pop up. <laughs> In genre, it's, it's really repetitive. Yeah, the the blood. Everyone's the blood always map. making a blood map. Blood, the, the blood map. Well, it's interesting, actually. I mean, you're you're being funny, but I did note that. So this blood map happens on the. It's so convenient that the shirt was white. You can clearly see the map. It's very very. You can see the little blood pine trees and everything. <laughs> get, it, get it all. But when the map appears, there's also a tiny light that is like signifying Warren, like like that she could track Warren with this light. And I just thought it was. Uh, cool, because we've seen essentially these like little Tinkerbell lights at least a couple times before. And one was just this season in Bargaining Part 2, where Tara sent a little Tinkerbell light to guide Willow. So, oh, yeah, I just kind of got I just listen, I just got chills like saying it out loud because I was just like, oh, like and and then before there even I think was a Tara in fear itself. Willow called on like Aradia, the goddess of the lost, to guide her in the frat house, and it, it didn't go so well. But this was how mm-hmm. Aradia guided her, and I think it was Aradia as well that t- that Tara, like I think that that was the same Tinkerbell in in Fear itself and in Bargaining Part Two. So anyway, I just the same Tinkerbell. The same. <laughs> uh, anyway. Again, just like to give you all things to chew upon because I love when I say like one sentence. I'm like, I wonder. And then like there's like a dissertation that comes back and it's fascinating. Yeah. So off to spikes we go. Oh, my gosh. Knock, 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 knock. Actually, this is a great example of the still existent non-boundaries. Yes. Buffy just Busts up into this crypt without with a nary a knock, uh, scaring the crap out of Clem and making him uh, spill all his snacks. But he is immediately hospitable, (sighs) even still. And is like, can I offer you some lemonade that I'm about to mix up? Country Uh, time, Jenny. Do not call it just lemonade. Well, he says country time. Well, yeah, I wanted to save invoking the name of country time specifically until i recount to you that that clem's culinary spread (laughs) right now bugles liverwurst country time blc if you will ah yes i'm i'm here for honestly everything but the liverwurst i don't really it's not my jam Simply why? Yeah, he's so... I mean, you all know that we love Clem and we've loved Clem and and this is more of the reason why he's just immediately... I also love Dawn in this scene. I feel like Dawn is just like agreeing to do this thing because she's like, you know, I'm just not... I'm not going to fight it because there's too much going on. 
But he's like, you want to play Parcheesi? I've been meaning to watch The Wedding Planner. We could go rent it. You can have the comfy chair and Dawn's little face. Like, she's just so appreciative of Clem's kindness, even though she's like, I really don't want to play Parcheesi or watch The Wedding Planner. But, like, you are just very sweet, sir. Yeah, there's really something about the wedding, the choice of the wedding planner. (laughs) I look, I don't know if anyone cares about this, but he's watching a movie called Meet John Doe when they walk in. It's a 1941 film. So you can go watch that as part of your Buffy extension viewing. (laughs) Oh, oh, you know what it's time for, Jenny? Why don't we go to nondescript Africa? Can't wait. Uh, yeah. So, well, you know it's Africa because there uh, is a tree and the moon, and, like a very and, specific uh, like a looking tree and the moon, and later a pan flute. I mean, yep. they like really just hit every. And there are uh, tents. Yep. You know, and fires. And they're speaking. So, I just want to say, Willow speaks Latin later. The Latin word is fully there uh, on the because it. I did some digging to find out what language is being spoken. And I finally did find the answer, but it took me a long fucking time. In the captions, the Latin word that she says is literally just there on the screen. Uh, The language that is spoken in this scene is just in brackets, foreign language. So we already played the white supremacy jingle. I'm sure you can hear it in the back of your minds right now, but this is just, it's fucked in a million ways. I mean, here comes, could you get any more on the nose? I wrote in my notes, God help me with this fucking white man not asking permission as he walks through Africa and a community of black people to bust a door open and take what he, I mean, it's so ridiculously on the fucking nose that I can't even with it. Uh, So no to all of that. And in case you're wondering, the language that the the guy is speaking when he's saying, by the way, what he says to Spike is, you can't go in there. He's looking out for Spike, which makes it even worse. You can't go in there. It's very dangerous. Stop. You'll die. Stop, is what he's saying to Spike. The language he's speaking is Luganda. Uh, it's a Bantu language, uh, uh, most, I think, associated with B- the Baganda people uh, and the country of Uganda. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just at least going to put that on a map um, and uh, and say that this is just so fucked up. I mean... After this, he goes into this cave with this demon. I do really appreciate the demon design on the demon. I like, I like this, yeah, yeah. this dude. But it's just like, oh my god, you guys. Also, Spike rode his motorcycle all the way to Africa. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I love I love the design <laughs> of the black white demon. Yeah. This demon is straight out of fucking Spencer Gifts. It's so good. You know what I'm saying? I do. And he is just like not having it. Like he this demon to Spike is essentially rack to Warren. He's like, okay, you fucking fucker. Yeah. Although, actually, I, that's not at apples to apples because he he is like, you were a fucking warrior. Like, you were a big deal, dude. And I know. Okay. Can we just look at some language really quick? Please. Okay. So I've prepared a little script. <laughs> Again, not because anybody specifically 
reached out to say they loved when I made Kristen and Ira <laughs> read an, uh, you know, a cut scene, but because I love doing this and because I think the language is important, I want to highlight it and we're going to continue talking about it for the rest of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So in this reading, uh, Kristen will be reading for Blacklight Demon and I will be reading for Spike. I wanted everyone to know I had no preparation for this. I would have worked on my Blacklight Demon voice, but no, 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 no. It's not about the voice. It's just about, okay. you know. <clears throat> okay. You seek me, vampire? <laughs> yeah, I seek you. Do you not want me to do it? Or do you want me just to be Kristen? <laughs> this bitch is no, so no, rude. No, I commit to the bit and then she laughs I love at it. me. I love it. I love it. I'm just not going to do an accent because nobody wins when I <laughs> do an English accent. <laughs> okay, so from the top, slightly more embarrassed Kristen will attempt to be Blacklight. No, 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 no. You're doing great. You're doing great. Do you want me to continue or start at the top? Start at the top. Let's get a fresh, <laughs> take another run at it. You seek me, vampire? Yeah, I seek you. Something about a woman, the slayer. Bitch thinks she's better than me. Ever since I got this chip in my head, things haven't been right. Look what she's reduced you to. It's this bloody chip. You were a legendary dark warrior and you let yourself be castrated and you have the audacity to crawl in here and demand restoration. Bitch is going to see a change. Well, I've done that for you. So now go ahead and elaborate on your feelings on this language, Jenny. Or you just want to bookmark it for the future. Write this. Yes. In your Shanshu prophecies. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to come back and think about this a little bit more. Okay. Do you think that I did an okay job? You did an amazing job. Thank you. Get a fucking... You're a natural talent. And make it my ringtone. <laughs> it's often been... Oh, boy. Um, yeah. So Spike Spike says he's still a warrior, which I, I also... That wasn't in our um, beautifully performed scene. So I just want to also note that like he kind of like says to Blacklight Demon that even though he's saying like, oh, this slayer, what has she done to you? You used to be a warrior and now you're asking me for this thing. He's like, yeah, well, that doesn't make me not a warrior. Like I'm still a warrior. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, Blacklight Demon is like, good luck. Uh, and Spike is like, okay, sure. But like do your fucking best. And if I'm still living, I get what I came here for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So why don't we leave Spike uh, in nondescript Africa and go mm -hmm. to the magic box? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Xander is asking Anya, you know, oh, my gosh, what happened? La, la, la. Uh... And Anya's like, I don't need to do a locator spell for you fools. Mm -hmm. I can feel Willow's pulsing thirst for vengeance from afar. Now that's what I call sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, nice. And Xander's like, oh, is that leftover from your vengeance demon time? Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, no, not leftover dude yeah and i kind of I, I like the way that this scene is written because there's very little dialogue 
that they need to communicate what's happened. Um, she says, not left over. Yeah. It's very clear they both know what she's talking about. He says, when? And she's like, when the fuck do you think? And they had to cut out the, mm. the fuck, mm. but it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Xander fucking, like, can this dude just get through 45 minutes of television without being a douche nozzle? Because he's like, oh, Willow's all wrathy. Why don't you go to her? Isn't that your gig? Fucking suck an egg, Xander. Suck an egg. I love the detail that Anya's like, yeah, usually I would be required right. to to go, but she wants to do it herself. Yeah. Buffy very uh, evenly asks Anya, I think, uh, we don't have much time. Which side are you on? Because you know where she is. And like she she there's like, of course, a little bit of like be on our fucking side. But I feel like she delivers it, Sarah Michelle Geller, in a way that I like because she's just like, I'm asking you, you're a vengeance demon now. I've just learned this information. Are you with us? or Are you not? And Anya, yeah. I'll help. But I'm helping Willow. Yeah. Yes. Can we play Anya's motherfucking jingle? She's deserved it for a while. She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in, speaks her mind and then some. You know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends. Oh, yeah. Exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for you. She'll hold that cash. Just keep the bunnies far from Anya. Here comes fucking <laughs> Willow is parting the forest foliage for herself as she stalks Warren. Yeah, this is some good shit. Okay. It is good. Fucking run all night, Warren. I'll still find thunk. An axe to the back. I I love a lot about Dark Willow, but when this witch stands the fuck up. Like a, I don't even yeah. know, like one of those fucking old little bobble Whoop. clowns that we used to punch in our bedrooms. You know what I'm talking about? Little punching clowns. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just wobbles like right up. Weeble just wobble. Whoop. Yeah, just with the axe in her back. Yes. Axe is yeah. not gonna cut it. Oh, dear. <laughs> She's been with Buffy uh, for a while. She has learned how to quip. Yeah. So Warren runs off like a little piss baby. And then he sets off this like little boxy sort of evil snitch, like you mentioned. (laughs) Oh, and she's like, it explodes and she's like, freeze. And it like turns into ice and she's like, clink. (laughs) It's good. Yeah. Uh, She gets face to face with Warren and he's all like, it was an accident. It wasn't personal. And Willow's like, well, this is. I love that. I love that. I mean, we play. We could play the patriarchy jingle 47 times in here, and we're not gonna, because you know what it sounds like. But the idea of this fucking white dude looking at her, saying it wasn't personal, and her being like, oh, yeah? Okay. Well, that's good on you. But this is. That's delicious. I will take two. I will take a couple of those for dessert. Thank you so much. How many goop cocoons will you take for dessert? Because it's goop cocoon time. If Willow could have rolled her eyes inside of that goop cocoon before she used them to burn a hole in it, she would have a goop cocoon. She melts it with her burning eyes. Good. It's good. And then she says, I think it's erette. 
It's Latin, I think, and it means something like nets. Uh, ties him up. It ties Warren up. Um, and he starts, you know, he starts tough. Well, you were asking for it. She literally, like, looks at him and goes, I'm asking for it love the beat on that love love all of it love this is great this is just good it's good uh and then willow says she wasn't your first like she like kind of like senses it it's like I, i feel like she's learning it in the moment what warren has done to katrina and she says reveal and i would i would like to just play a small i would like to give a little space for katrina's voice here on what she says uh she should have done I should have strangled you in your sleep. Back when we shared a bed, I should have done the world a favor. Yes, uh, Katrina, we don't put the onus of that on you at all, but also we fully agree. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Jenny. I fully agree <laughs> with this from Katrina. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. And and like some of the when I talk about Warren as like this irredeemable character or what have you, like there's many moments that you can look at and point to to, I think, underline this. And this that's about to happen is another one. Right. Because he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then immediately snaps and looks at Katrina and is like, because you deserved it, bitch. Like his like inner fucking demon self Yay! is the truth. Like that is his, that is this guy's true self. And Willow reads him. Willow reads him. You liked it. You get off on this. You get off on having the power over her. You're, you had a mad on, she says, instead of hard on for the Slayer. She was your big O. Ew. Ew. But also appreciate this read. Like it's all about, it is all, Warren, it is all about power for Warren and the attachment that he brings to power, masculinity, and sex. And in a incredibly damaging, horrific, very bad, dangerous way. So I think Willow's read is spot on. Well, speaking of damaging, <laughs> Willow pulls out the bullet that she removed from Buffy earlier. Oh, dear. And uh, sets it to hover in front of Warren's chest. She rips his shirt open handlessly uh, and is explaining the process of what a bullet will do as it enters your body. Mm -hmm. uh, And she's propelling it forward very slowly. She stitches his mouth closed. (gasps) Not before saying, I'm talking. (laughs) yes this is actually where she says one tiny piece of metal destroys everything took her yeah. light away from me from the world and a waste like you gets to live and this like we can say what we will about the things that happen right after this but i do think that the metaphor of warren carelessly wagging about his gun in the episode that precedes this taking like willow says a light from the world and getting to live and the vengeance on him being that this same bullet will move so slowly through him and he cannot speak while it happens is a 
really powerful thing and a really important thing. Whether or not like Warren needs to die or not die is kind of like to me doesn't even feel like the point of it. It's I mean, I've given a lot of space to it. So I understand if you're like, okay, but Kristen, you just said 40 times that you'd be fine with him dying. Fine. Come at me. But I think like the real heart of it for me is this this like I'm taking the thing that you so carelessly use to destroy with no consequences and I am slowly putting it back into you so you can feel every fucking minute of it. Like that is to me what is the most powerful part about this episode. Yeah, I actually think the most powerful part of this episode is when she rips all of the skin from his body in one fell swoop. Uh, not before Counterpoint. she says, he's like, He's like whimpering before this. Like he's like, I know you're right. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I I really need jail. And I I know you're in so much pain. You must just be. And she, we're gonna give her like this sound clip, right? We're gonna give her this. We should give her this. Yeah. What does she say, Willow? What do you have to say to this whimpering piece of shit? Bored now. Ah! <sighs> wow. I'm gonna fucking puke. Wow. Uh, I guess it is time for the. Sexual... She, we said she does have a flair, <laughs> a flair for the dramatic. Uh, I love that it's not enough that she entirely flays him in one second. She also makes him spontaneously combust. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that seemed more like a, a She's like kindness yeah. than anything else. Um, you yeah. know, like. I'm not going to leave this guy here with no skin on, but, um, and then Kristen mm. and then mm. what does she say? So chillingly, she says one down and then teleports the fuck away. Yo, remember when the fucking trio was in the arcade and they threw that stupid little fucking smoke thing and they tried to disappear and it didn't work? I just like, I want like yes. a side by side cut of like then at the end oh, of yeah. the season, Will being like, is this what you meant to do? <gasps> Poof. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> also, I am such a sucker for this. There are two episodes left. The next episode is called Two to Go. And she says one down to end the that like to me, that is like the most yeah. sad. I could, could eat it for lunch. It's just a delicious little fucking yes. A victory. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> What the fuck? Um, we've been really struggling with sexual tension awards. Um this end of this season and I think that there's a lot of understanding for why Jenny yeah. I I mean I don't even think we need to play the jingle because here's here's what I think that there's not us giving you four things to vote betwixt is it would just be forcing our hand because there's not four nominees at all as a matter of fact the only thing that I found apart from my own attraction to the EMT the only thing that I found <laughs> remotely sexy was when Anya was like I can feel her Oh, my Do you have anything else? Do you have anything else? Great question. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Is is that a no? No, It's a no. It's a no. It's a no. So, listen, it's not that we mean to take away uh, the democratic functioning of these awards. However, 
we've got one nominee, and so we're just going to give it to them, okay? It's, it's villains goes to Anya and the pulsating vengeance of Dark Willow. <laughs> you said pulsating. I was just using your I, words. I think I said pulsing. There's something even more something about pulsating. <laughs> well, there you have it. Um uh, we we can play Incredible. we will play we'll play you the song here so you can feel a little bit sexy while you think about that. P- pulse, pulsing and pulsating. One down. How many to go? How many? Frigging uh two actually. Two to go. Two to uh. go. Who the hell are you? What me? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm Jenny Owen Youngs and when I'm not making this podcast, I am often writing and recording songs. You can find my music by searching my name on your favorite digital music platform. You can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. And you can join me for live streams of music and more on Twitch on a weekly basis over on my Twitch channel. Do you ever, uh, also, hey, do you ever answer questions about... The podcast known as Buffering the Vampire Slayer when you're on your Twitch stream? I occasionally do. Why did I do a bad job? No. Did I let something slip? Oh, I oh, was trying okay. to help not... you promote your Twitch streams by allowing the Yeah, people. sometimes I play buffering songs. Sometimes I talk about the pod. Sometimes I play other songs. Sometimes we just hang out and talk about... Somebody taught me the other day that fish are not fish. I can't get more specific than that, but fish is apparently... Uh, a useless, defunct, or unhelpful hmm. classification wow. of dot, 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 fish. So it's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, you never know what you're going to learn or what's going to happen. You can't go back and watch them again once, they're, once they happen. They're gone forever. That's right. They are not archived, um, which, which gives me some freedom to play covers and do whatever I want. Because if, yeah. you, if you play covers, you can't have them living there forever. Anyway. Uh, come on down to Twitch. Uh, I'm usually there Mondays and Wednesdays uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, although the schedule changes here and so there. you have you office the hours. schedule on my Twitch page. And I occasionally have office hours where people can submit songs that they're working on in advance. <gasps> and we listen to them together what? on the stream. And then I give my notes and everybody else in the chat gives their notes. It's really We've only done it once so far, but it was really, really fun. This is so cool. You don't talk about this enough in our podcast that people are... I, gonna be clamoring for this shit now this is great I, yeah i realized when i was i was updating my notes for this episode i was like oh wow i haven't like really talked about this at all but there are a lot of uh there are a lot of buffering kids who come hang out there mm-hmm. and um it would be cool if there were more and it's it's i mean anybody can watch you don't even have to have a twitch account or a subscription awesome. to watch a stream so come on over and also so sorry for taking up so much real estate here but i, I hate to be a bother but i wanted to also let everybody know that my incredibly gay band, LAX's, uh, we've just released our debut album, <gasps> Get Some. It's out everywhere digitally. Uh, so please check it out. Listen to it. Put the friggin' songs in your little Instagram reels and your TikToks. Uh, yeah. Share it with your friends. It's like uh, we li- skinny dipping, skinny dipping, doing then some what skinny dipping. No, yeah, that's good. That's good. What was, Very your first, what was the first single called? Uh, temporary goodbye. Oh, and, yeah, and a temporary goodbye. Do, 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 do. 
Okay, so Kristen has not spent a lot of time listening to my beautiful songs. Well, I just haven't listened to them recently, and I'm a goldfish. <laughs> That's the only issue. Yeah. Well, if you want to know how they really go, find <laughs> us on every digital platform and listen to our little songs all over the place. They're um, very fun and very they're pretty gay. So, um, My name is Kristen Russo, and I have not released an album with my gay band. Uh, and I, I do sit in my living room and talk a bunch, but it's not live and you can't watch it. It's just me and my cats. So what you should check out, however, is the work that I do with the LGBTQ community. That's cool. That's also cool. Uh, you can find out more about me and my work on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, I'm working on a book right now. It's part of the Quick and Easy Guide series from Oni Press. I'm really excited about it. Uh, it will be a quick and easy guide to coming out, something that is often neither quick nor easy, but that's the challenge. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> also, as always, uh, me and Joanna Robinson inside of the Buffering Patreon and also the Storm Patreon do a podcast called Feels Like the First Time, where I watch movies that I've never seen before for the first time. By the time this airs, I think I will have seen all but one of our Marvel trio. I have fallen in love with Captain America. We watched Captain, <laughs> we watched Captain America: The First Avenger just together as pals, and then we began the trilogy of this trilogy of movies is Captain America: Winter Soldier, hot, 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 hot. Captain mm-hmm. America: Civil War, which so I, very Captain America heavy trio too, from a selection of like twenty something films. Well, it's too, it, it hold your horses over there. It's two okay. It's two Captain Americas, and then the third one that when you hear this, I'll be watching tomorrow uh is thor ragnarok and the reason the reason that the trio was selected was because it was uh at the internet was asked what the three gayest marvel movies were oh and those three were the ones that were selected and i have to say so so far we're we're, so far we're having a gay old time Um, all right yeah so it's it's fun uh it's a it's a little patreon podcast and we watch the movies together as one big slack hangout and it's a joy it's a delight uh so come and join us and i mean who are we well we're at it oh well we're buffering the vampire slayer we're on twitter facebook and instagram at buffering cast you can drop us an email at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com yes and you can like i said support our work on patreon actually a lot of you have come over to the patreon space uh during the seeing red week which just gave my heart like my heart grew uh three times at least its normal size (laughs) just because it was where are you gonna keep that thing jesus (laughs) i know i don't know i don't know I, i keep it on the shelf when i'm not uh wearing it but it just was really nice because you know a lot of times the thing that makes the patreon grow is the perks there's a lot of there's there are a lot of perks you can get the songs you can get hangouts with us you get a book club with me and all all manner of things over there but we didn't offer anything new last week we just did a whole bunch of work and so it just was like very very meaningful that a lot of you came over and were like okay you you know what you're doing it so we're gonna we're gonna support you um so you know, if you'd like to support the work that we're doing here, you can do that on Patreon. All of these things can be found on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Also, you heard it up in the intro, but you're hearing it again uh, now. We've brought back a design for you in the store. It is Diana Kresge's Bored Meow design. Of course, we were going to bring it back for you. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It's the For kitten. For limited time only. Uh, a willow kitten uh, saying, Doing some dark magic. Out. Yeah, dark magic kitten. Uh, it is, it's a great fucking shirt. We had it a long, long time ago. We didn't even talk about this in pod, but uh, Willow has said bored now once before, and it was Vampire Willow who said bored now. <laughs> That's when we uh, brought this design to the fore, and now it's back because, hey, actual Willow is saying bored now, now. Yeah. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on shop, and um, I, think, I think we did it. I can hear the clacking of uh, Frank's keyboard as he types a strongly worded email. <laughs> to buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com. Too many cats on merch. Where our dog? All right, Frank. We've received your dog mail. Yeah. Well, dang it. Till next time. Uh, uh, Bored now.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.